back to the Minor League Podcast. I'm your host, Savannah Robinson, here, like always, with my co-host, Blue Robinson. Thank you, Savannah. Thank you for having me on your show again. <laughs> of course. Um, okay, so we are coming up with a topic for this week, and we, I asked you this time what you mm-hmm. felt we should talk about, and you came up with one of... Of one of my favorites, I'm going to say, honestly, I loved how we even just started this off. Yeah, you know, it's, it's one of these things I've been thinking about a little bit. And it's about, you know, how can you become true to yourself? How do you know when you are true to yourself? And yeah. I thought, you know, if, if adults have that problem, I know that kids have that problem, teenagers. The yeah. reason why is because from about age 12 to age 18, all teenagers go through this funny little stage of development. It's called identity versus role confusion. Yep. More often than not, role confusion. <laughs> so I thought, let's 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 kind of talk with this together. You and I have touched base on this. So tell me a little bit about what you think. Um. Okay. So we kind of pulled it down to lying to ourselves and how even in those situations when we know it's not really for us, we mm-hmm. still like in our hearts we know it's wrong. We still want it to be right to us in our heads. So you have this quote from forever ago and it says the most um the most confused we ever get is when we try to convince our heads of something that we know in our hearts is a lie so if you're thinking you are something or someone like i'm no good i'm worthless yeah can you tell how like that's a lie that can totally shape your your life yeah it can shape your personality it can Mm -hmm. everything yeah um so we have, we put together a list of some things and we thought we'd go through them. So num- our number one is you're honest with yourself about what you think, feel, what you want and need. You understand that you have uh, to be honest with yourself before you can be honest with anyone else. So this means making space in your life to connect with um, yourself, perhaps through meditation, journaling, time in nature, like anything with personal study, yeah. whatever you feel can find that peace. So, you know, being honest with yourself about what you think, feel, and want and need is kind of a big deal. And uh, a lot of times we, we, we skate right through that. We don't yeah. really know what any of those things are. Like, what do I think? What do I feel? What do I want? This is when you see a lot of teenagers that you're used to start mm-hmm. questioning their parents' spiritual ideas and start you know, questioning their relationships and whatnot yeah. because they're confused. They just don't know. And so if they stop you know, understanding themselves or, or trying to fit into something, some space or social group that, that, uh, that doesn't take time to value some of those more important values, can you, I mean, what The happens? difference. Oh, yeah. It's opening up to yourself and really fully understanding all of it, how you feel and what you want and what you need. What do you think? What do you think it's hard? Why do you think it's hard for, for adolescents, even adults mm-hmm. for that matter, to be honest with themselves about what they think? I think it's hard because a lot of the times it's not something they want to accept. Yeah. And that's what makes it hard. Like I've been in so many situations where there's something I want so bad and I know that's not going to be the outcome of it. Uh-huh. And so it, I avoid accepting it for so long and I keep it from myself. Yeah. If you're not honest with yourself about what you think... Um, it's interesting. I, I've seen this happen in my own social group when I was a kid, even as an adult. It's like you 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 drift to whatever's convenient yeah. and you kind of lose a piece of yourself, right? Yeah. It's funny. I remember I liked uh, I liked some country music when I was younger and I never wanted anyone to know because I'm like, if they find out I like country music, man, I'll never hear the yeah. end of it. And so 
I like, oh, you know, that song sucks and I hate this group and all that, which is kind of dumb because that wasn't being true to myself, <laughs> yeah. right? No, I've been in so many of those situations. Same thing with country music. I have a friend group and they just love, love, love that. And I think it is so cool and it's something I respect so much for what they love, but it's, I'm not a huge country fan. And so when it comes to that kind of stuff, I've tried so hard not to change how I feel about it. So I'm not like feeling pressured that I need to know all of these certain songs that they like and know what they like to do with it and all sorts of stuff. Absolutely. So so what else? What else makes you know that you're on the right path to know yourself? What's number two? Our number two is freely sharing uh, your thoughts and feelings, even if you're afraid of that judgment um, or tempted lie, just to keep the peace. Oh, man. Pushing yourself up to speak or pushing your or refusing stuff of your feelings down just to make other people feel comfortable. And that, like that end part, refusing um, your own feelings and making them so other people feel comfortable. I've been in so many situations, I've seen that so, so much, especially at school. Um, I've seen so many times where um, people and students or peers or whatever, even teachers in many situations will change like, like how they teach or what they do because like one of my favorite teachers, my health teacher, one of my favorite things, he has a very, very certain way of teaching. And Mm -hmm. sometimes he gets criticized so much because it's not the best learning or it's not this or that. And he always tells us how these teachers criticize him for his teaching, but he never will level it down to how they teach. And he always keeps how he does it because that's what he likes and he's comfortable with. No, you know what? You're, You're right. You know, so if you freely share your thoughts and your feelings, you know, to like yeah. understand yourself and to be true to yourself, you're going to be judged, right? I mean, think about yeah. it. It happens right now. I'm watching this on social media with the adults I associate with. We'll call them Facebook friends, right? Yeah. And it's funny because some of them are so anti-mask and anti-government vaccine and all these things that they get yeah. so aggressive with their with their opinions. And I've seen people attack friends of ours together mutually because someone writes on their page, well, hey, what about this? And they're like, how dare you comment on my page? And I'm like, what? We're all sharing our opinions. So if you're going to freely share your thoughts and your feelings, even if you're afraid of the judgment, don't be tempted to to react. Yeah, don't level it down to someone else's comfortable status. If you're okay with yourself, you'll be able to receive... Like, like feedback, even if it's against what you what you know, just like yeah, what we just said a minute ago, right? Be exactly. honest with your thoughts. It's that constructive criticism and not taking it always the wrong way. Yeah, but when people do that, when they lash out and they attack people because of their views, um, I think I think I lose all all kind of respect for that person because I'm like, you know, what you can have your opinions yeah. and that's great and that's what makes our world go around. Is I'm glad that we all have different opinions. But when you're doing it at the cost of sacrificing a relationship, then it's not needed to be shared. Yeah. Yeah. What else makes you know that you're on the right path? Our number three is honor your needs. Say no to request that conflict with them. Mm. that's a big one saying no I feel like anything that comes to saying no is kind of like oh that's a scary thing why would you want to say no to something like that but it's definitely an important situation exactly you know you you know what you need to feel good you know physically mentally emotionally and to get yourself balanced Um, and then prioritize those things which means saying no to other people which I don't know if you've noticed this about your dad, but I kind of stink at that. Yeah, like I, you, you really know, do. It was funny, too. I'm, I'm in the middle of, of getting out to go see some neighbors and stuff. And uh, 
it was hovering around another issue that I had today that I needed to fulfill with mom and and you guys. And I said yes before I even checked the calendar. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I always do that. And so I had to go, by the grace of Almighty, it it turned out it's going to work out. But I do that so much and it ends up putting me in a pickle. Yeah. So it's okay to uh, to say no, you know, and definitely, especially if it's going to jeopardize something you've already committed to without, you know, without knowing. Yeah. Interesting. And it's not only you honoring your needs, but it's also having that person on the other side of the line, respecting that as well. Yep. It needs to be a both sided thing, not really more of a one sided. Okay. So next we have our number four and it's some people like you, some people don't and you and you're okay with that. <laughs> oh man, Savannah. You know how many adults struggle with this? So you know what? We, we may wish at times that we could please everyone. I know yeah. I, I have. But mm-hmm. because it feels a lot safer to receive like validation and, and high fives and, and warm fuzzies than it does yeah. like to be disapproved of, um, we all have to understand that, believe it or not, there will, there will be people out there that don't like us. Oh, yeah. That's happened to me before. <laughs> like I am very much in the public eye and with yeah. uh, with my careers and stuff. How many times have, have we been standing in a line and you see me make contact with uh, eye contact with someone and I'm like, oh, crap. Oh, because of like an old <laughs> client or something that I had to hold accountable to, you know, and, yeah. you know, and, and I'm they like, don't like they don't it. like me. But that's what's funny, too, is I'm OK with that. Yeah. Um, what do you think of that, though? I mean, because sometimes we uh, we go above and beyond when we shouldn't. Yeah, I know so many people who try and live up to everyone else's expectations and that uh, figure of being liked. And that's those situations are when they, not only themselves, but the whole situation turns out way worse than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And it's because they're not prioritizing themselves, but they're prioritizing someone else and their needs. Um, and like I struggled with this for the longest time, being okay with myself and not being accepted by every single person I met or every single teacher I had. Like, I even like this year, I last year I had one of my favorite English teachers. I absolutely loved her. She made English so fun for me. And this ninth grade year I came in and this teacher, this English teacher was a lot different. She's just more quiet and not super on the talkative side with her students, unlike my other teacher. And I tried so hard because she like I tried so hard to like try and get on her good side or have conversations with her because I just love interacting with my teachers. That's one of my favorite things. And I hated that she never had like a conversation back. Like it was always a very one sided conversation, very short answers on her side. But I learned to like accept that and be okay that like that's just her and that's just how she answers and I need to be okay with that. And it doesn't mean because she's not answering the exact ways my other teacher doesn't mean she doesn't like me or approve of me as a student. Yeah, you know, it it is. It's about growing and maturing in in a relationship and knowing kind of what works. Yeah. The funny thing about that, too, though, is that, you know, even if the people that I that I know out there don't like me, um, uh, they'll never know that I don't like them. (laughs) I don't like try to rub salt in any wounds. And I've even had, you know, had uh, clients and stuff tell these other people, like, if you have a problem with with blue, go talk to him. Yeah. Because that's the thing, too, is a lot of this is misunderstandings and a lot of it is, you know, just some that some emotional fear of confrontation, walls. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've, be cool with one I'm another. exactly like that. I've learned that from you where it's like no matter whether how someone feels about me, I'm not going to share how I feel about them because there's something that went wrong in the situation. And I feel like me adding into it is not going to be helpful in any way. Yeah, there's no sense in adding insult to injury. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's OK not to have everyone like you, but. Yeah, I you do understand the, the desire and the the want yeah. why people want to be liked by everyone. Yes. Yeah. 
All right, so our number five is surround yourself with people who res- who respect and support you just as you are. Ooh, what do you think that means? Give me your, your off-the-cuff shot at that. Surrounding yourself with people uh, who respect you and support you just because of who you are. It's going back to one of our other podcasts. It's that word of being accepted and not the word of fitting in. Mm-hmm. It's that being loved unconditionally for whatever you believe in, whatever standards you have whatever you consider fun or any anything along the sorts. Um, there is, that's something that comes up so much, and I know it comes up as adults because I've seen it in high school kids that I'm friends with and even college kids I've talked to. It comes up so often where people struggle with friend groups and who they should be around because mm-hmm. maybe the social status says these people are cool, but these people aren't. But you fit in better with these people than these people. And it's really finding that uh, boundary of where you lie between and where you're going to be comfortable with being yourself and we're going to be respected for your standards and your opinions um instead of just being there because of the look of it you know that when you when you said that the first thing that popped into my mind for some reason was like harry potter yeah and there's that one character and i can't remember her last name but it's luna something and yeah. she's kind of a little bit weird definitely but the cool part about it is everyone's kind of like looks at her like god you're flipping weird but like when she's talking people just are drawn towards her. They're amazed. And I'm thinking, that's it, because she's like, this is who I am. It doesn't and... matter how you think of me. But here's the deal, too, is I think that, that there's a little bit of a line here, too, because I've had friends in the past, I remember growing up, that were like, they were like obnoxious, jerky, you know, they're buttheads. And, yeah. you know, they're like, if you accept me for who I am, and I'm like, eh, well, I don't. <laughs> that's not really what it's talking about, right? And so yeah. I think it's one of those things where, you know, when you're going above and beyond to try and, and rub salt in wounds and stuff, well, then, you know, people are going to avoid you. But surrounding yourself with that kind of mindset, I think, uh, you know, it'll make or break you. Yeah, it motivates you to continue being your true self. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. So our number six is focus on more than your more than your values and then society's deems acceptable. So that's not only focusing on what you think, mm-hmm. what your values are, but also like having society play a part in it, but not even like letting Again, it affect you huge. Look around at what's going on. Focus more on your own values than what society deems acceptable. Yeah. Right? Which means and, and this is a big one, especially for, for, for some of the folks that you rub shoulders with. You know, because there there are a lot of situations that you're seeing now where where like, you know, vaping and mm-hmm. you know substance use is becoming more and more socially acceptable. And yeah. you know, just because society says it's cool, um, doesn't mean does it that always mean, is. Yeah, does that mean that you should, you know, or like No. You know, like you know, kids think about this, kids that vape. Let's use that one for example, right? Okay. It's a big problem. Yeah. It's a huge problem. And mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when, when we have this thing that I like to call the yum, yum gene, right. Which is everything's got to taste good, feel good, look good, smell good. It's kind of like, you know, they're marketing this stuff towards, towards youth. Mm -hmm. I mean, candy, you know, cotton candy flavored, you know, like nicotine oil so you can vape it. It's it's like, if there's an adult (laughs) using that, that means they never grew out of the yum, yum gene stage. So that's got to be set for kids. So when society starts saying, Hey, this is all good from the way that, uh, you know, that uh, women are being portrayed. Now, here's a funny thing. <laughs> so check this out. I don't know if you noticed this or, or whatnot, because no one seems to watch it with me. But 
So I've been watching the uh, James Bond series. You know much about James Bond? Yeah, just a little bit. Okay. So James Bond is this he's a secret agent, you know, uh, from 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 England and and he's he's, he's awesome. He's like super yeah. clever and stuff. But I'm watching the the original ones from like 1962. Uh-huh. And I'm starting to go through all of them. And then I've watched um <laughs> this guy who back in the 60s was like like the man, you know, he's like chiseled, he's mm. got like charisma, he's got class, you know. But the way he treats women is disgusting. Yeah. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like he's always trying to hit on them. He's always trying to get with them. And and it always happens. Like it's, it's yeah. I, I said to mom, I'm like, it's, all, it's kind of rapey. Like there's some weird things James Bond is doing. Yeah. And it became socially acceptable for men to treat women that way throughout this time period. Because look, if James Bond can do it, maybe I can force a girl to do this. Or maybe yeah. I can corner a woman into that. Or I see them as objects, not as people. And that is still kind of our mentality in a, in a yeah. weird kind of way. And so when, when, we, when we see that, you know, like when we focus more on our own values rather than what society yes. deems as acceptable, maybe we can start treating women uh with a lot more care and a lot more yeah. sympathy Does definitely that that's i agree with that that's something that like um we always talk about it always as a subject in school grown up always with it where like uh social media tv movies radio music everything has such an influence and i don't feel like you completely understand that until you've genuinely grown up with it like i've been told that since i was little since like elementary school we've had assemblies on it on how this can affect you by so much and you don't really start seeing that like you don't believe it until you start seeing it and as I've grown up with these kids who I've known for a while and now I'm seeing them change and fall into all this like co-play stuff that they've done I'm like Mm -hmm. wow it is true like it's funny that we're taught that for so long but it's like doesn't make sense until it's been seen well it's kind of like this you know like like this is one reason why mom and I were super nervous about Snapchat and stuff is because some some pretty sketchy things can go down on that yeah. if you use it for for the bad, right? Yeah. And so with, with with sexting and sending pictures to 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 guys and vice versa, man, there's a there's no faster way to mess up your life than that. Oh yeah. And so when again when it becomes so socially acceptable by by just doing this because well it's normal just send me a picture of you, uh-huh. um, holy crap like. The society begins to 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 like you know, make falter. it into a normal thing, and the pornography use and things that are becoming more open and more kind of like accessible. Anna, it's so scary because I'm like, I don't want someone looking at you with that in mind. I don't want them thinking, well, the only yeah. reason I want to you know hang out with Savannah or any of your female friends is because they're an object. Yes. Um, that's what pornography does. And so when things like that become more socially acceptable where you start, I mean, remember when we were down with, uh, in, in, uh, Las Vegas, when we were going down there, hanging out with, with, uh, with Opa yeah. and you know, we were there, we're there for the pool, but you remember <laughs> that time we drove through and we're like, holy crap, like Ew. it was not good. And yeah. we're like, all right, let's get out of here. Um, that's becoming more acceptable, which means that you're being objectified yet again. And so I think this is a big one. We probably could do a whole podcast just on this, focusing more on your own values than what society deems acceptable. Yeah, and it's racking down those values for what society thinks, and that's not what you want to be doing. Exactly. And Savannah, as you guys get older, you're going to see that become more and more prevalent in your own life, where you will be kind of the odd one. That's why you know, on a religious mindset, we talk about being modest and, you know, and doing things a certain way because once society allows that stuff in, it's hard to go back. When we were yeah. kids, they didn't even swear on TV. There was no <laughs> bad language on TV. 
now it's like it's nothing you don't hear in school exactly so yeah that's, that's a big one i'm glad you put that one on there. yeah all right so our number seven is listening to your intuition and trust that you know what's best for yourself oh that inner voice right that yeah. says nope <laughs> you know and and and, and you know, you're right to trust it right definitely we know what that it's called because uh, of a certain you know spiritual connection we have uh that inner voice, that Jiminy Cricket conscience, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we call it the Holy Ghost. But like, tell me a little bit about what that means. Like, for you to listen to that intuition and trust that 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 inner voice. I think. I mean, let's go back to the basics of trust. You only start to trust someone or something after you've seen it proven multiple time and time after time. Um, and that's how. That's the same thing. I start like. I've started to trust my inner voice and my gut feeling as more and more situations have risen and I've been right with those sort of situations. Um, and that's what I build off of. And it's so, so important to me that I listen to that. If I get a feeling, I don't ignore it and that I follow through with what I feel is best. And I don't let someone else's opinion, no matter how much I love that person, influence how I feel about it. Yeah. No, I like it. Yeah, that inner voice. It'll tell you what's right and what's wrong if you'll listen to it. Yet yeah. the more you ignore it, the less it's going to be, I guess, uh, able to be heard and trusted. Yeah. yeah, Definitely. All right. So our number eight is um, you do what feels right for you, even if that means risking approval from other people around you. Oh, my goodness. This is a big one. Now, not only do you trust that, that, uh, that voice inside, but then you act and you do what's best for you. Um, so here's a funny thing. Yeah. I can't remember what the situation was. It was before we moved here to Springville. Yeah. And there was a thing over at your junior high over there that was like, at, at 11 o'clock, we're all walking out of class. It was some kind of protest <laughs> they wanted to do. I remember, do you remember? that. And I remember, I, think, I don't know if I was talking to you or Brooklyn, was but I was saying, Brooklyn, I was saying, yeah. look, if you believe in a cause so wholeheartedly that you're going to get up and walk out with other students, because most of the time people say this and they never do it. Yeah. <laughs> but I said, look, if you, if you truly believe what they're standing up for is right, you know, then you've got to do it and do it on purpose. If you're going to break a rule, you've got to do it on purpose. Yeah, you have to have reasoning. And so I said, I said, I'll support you, but you've got to, and you've got to know deep down that it's worth whatever consequence is coming. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it's going to be good or going to be bad, but just like, just know that you might be the only one that steps up and walks out of there. Definitely. And so it's kind of a funny thing, you know, I mean, when you, you know, when you do what feels right for you, even if it means risking approval from people around you, um, good grief. Like oh, that's yeah. a bold move. No. And trust me, there's been, um, as sad as it is, there's been so many situations where I have seen just these past two years being at this school, these students that I'm around definitely, definitely have a voice. And it is sad because a lot of the times I don't get to share it, but there are very few times where I will see someone who is passing around a paper and it has what they're trying to change at the top, something they don't agree with. And they're trying to get all the student body to sign this paper. And it's, it's, there's been so many situations where they got almost the entire school to sign it and they brought it into the principal's office and they set out their claim and they backed it up with all their opinions and their facts and what they think and these signatures and people who wanted it and it never followed through and it that's what breaks my heart is because then that starts giving those people and those students hope that they're like well I guess I can't change anything I tried and nothing worked and nothing came out of it like for instance with 
Um, our new school year, obviously with COVID, crazy stuff is happening, and we mm-hmm. have the basketball team, and everybody has been wanting to go see these games so bad. And when it was back in football season, you could buy pre-tickets, and they had a certain amount of tickets, and then if you got a ticket in time, you could go because they only limit it to a certain amount of people. And we were so confused why they weren't doing it this year, so none of us could even get a chance to go see this. Um, like these games and I was talking with some friends and like we're gonna go to the office and we're gonna go talk to these principals and we're gonna share our opinion and we're gonna try and make a valid case like this isn't fair like just the ninth graders should go or we should do the whole ticket thing again Mm -hmm. and they're trying so hard and I love encouraging that because it's good and they should have those opinions but they never follow through with it or it goes to that same situation where it's just not something that the school can do or can agree with, so mm. it doesn't work. But see, that's the thing, though, is if you're going to stand up for something like that, you got to follow through with it, right? Yeah. But then if the recipient, the person, the parent, the school, the teacher, whoever, if they're going to say no, you have to tell them why it's no. Yeah. I, I, how many times have you and I talked about this? If, if, if it's going to be a no, I have to tell you why. Yeah. Even if it's because I'm your dad and I feel this way. Yeah. But I can't just say no in the discussion. Yeah. So the thing is, is they have to, if you're going to have a no, if you're going to say no, parents out there, if you're listening to this, if you're going to tell your kids no, tell them why. And, and guess what? It could be as simple as that because I feel really weird about this. I don't understand it or whatever. Yeah. But you've got to tell them why. And so that's the thing. And so what happens is people stop asking questions. They stop searching out these things because they're like, well, we're not going to get an answer anyway. Yeah, so and then guess what happens when they when they parent their own kids? What the same process, <laughs> right? Falls on deaf ears. That's a good one though. I, I think agree. that that's a that's a big step. All right. So our number nine is you allow yourself to change your mind if you recognize you made a choice that wasn't right for you. Holy cow! I'm so glad you brought this up because this is a big one. You hear this all the time in politics, and people have actually like like booed on this. Yeah. I'm like, you guys, if they, they call them flip floppers, well, you had this opinion before, and now you have this, this one. Opinion. Why did you flip flop? How about why did I mature and see the other side? Yeah. No, I agree. Does that make sense? Yes. I saw a video today actually, and it was about like, what if we took like the voting system, and they're like. What if they took like, you know, when you're figuring out if you're a Democrat or Republican or whatever, and you answer the questions that you agree with most. And they're like, what if we anonymously like put this kind of situation out there when it came to voting and it gave them the answer with what they agreed with most. So it wasn't more of a socialized influence or a family influence. Yeah. Didn't mom do this with you guys? Like, didn't yeah, she, she did down? the other day. What did you think about that? I was, I will, I loved it. What, what did then, it say? Did it, t- did it say you came out as an independent? Yeah, I've every time I've taken a test, I've come out as an independent. Voter. You know what that means, right? It means you're not a Democrat, you're not a Republican, you're I, an yeah. independent. I, yeah. Yeah. Most people actually lean towards that, but the problem is that they typecast themselves as if everything's going well because. You know, not to get too political with you, yeah. but like right now, the, the the Republican Party, the one that's supposed to stand for values and all these things, you know, yeah. like they look like a bunch of goofballs because <laughs> of what's happened. And the Democrats look like a lot of like, you know, like just rough and tumble, like, you know, we want what we want because we want it kind of people. It's like most people yeah. fall in the middle. It's like, ah, I can see their view and I can see their view. Exactly. So change your mind if you need to. Don't stick with it. Yeah, you, know? you don't have to agree so much. That's with like someone. the dude on the Titanic who's trying to bail the water out with a bucket. It's like, dude, we can save this, right? Yeah. We were told that it was unsinkable, but it's going down. Yeah. And he's like, I don't need to get in a lifeboat because I, you know, change okay. your mind. Yeah, like, it's okay Maybe to it's... change your mind. You don't need to stick with that <laughs> opinion so strongly. Exactly. It's funny though. 
But yeah, most people will be called a flip-flopper or something else that they're doing that, which is very damaging. What I say it is, is it's maturity. It when is. you can see something from another point of view. And you agree with it, definitely. Yeah. All right, so our last one is you allow yourself to evolve and let go and um, of what you've grown outgrown. Yeah. Yeah. So let go of stuff that you've outgrown. I mean, a, a lot yeah. of us do this. You've done this. I've done this. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's like, you know, when you, when you grow on a certain toys or certain kind of music or, or certain yeah. kind of foods, you, know, you don't need to hold on to that old stuff. No. <laughs> right. And it's kind of funny. That's why I called, like told you about Boston and his yum, yum gene kid. Like <laughs> we were talking about this the other day. I'm like, what kind of vegetables do you like? And he's like, I like peas. I'm like, that's kind of it. And I said, yeah. he's like, I hate that stuff you guys get. That's like, that's like weeds. And I'm like, it's like weeds. He's like, yeah, it's like that, the mayor on Veggie Tales. And I'm like, what? what? And I kind of boiled it down. He's talking about asparagus. Oh. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, Boston, I remember when I was your age, I hated the smell, the taste, the texture of asparagus. I said, but now I love it. I'm like, you kind of grow into it. It's like, <laughs> it really never, is. you know, because what Boston wants is the yum yum stuff, right? The chocolate covered, whatever. Yeah. But you will, if you allow yourself to evolve, meaning to grow and, and gain wisdom and knowledge. Maturity. You, you, you got to let go of what you've outgrown. Definitely. This is a funny thing too, right? The difference between a fan and a fanatic. I know a lot of fanatics with Star Wars. Like a yeah. lot of people are like, they get so. Their life and their personality becomes so mad, show. you know? But it's like, I understand the reasons why, too, is that it meant something to them. Yeah. But also, how about, again, you, you evolve and you see, you know, the, the other parts of it. Or you maybe, you know, you, you, know, you, you see other areas of, yeah. of stuff. You don't have to be typecast into one category. But nonetheless, you know, it, it's probably the hardest of all because really it's, it feels like you're not being true to yourself. I agree. But there's times when it's time to move on and, you know, yeah. it's... It's also times to maybe double down and to enjoy it and to do it in, a, in another light. So yeah, that's good no, stuff. Anna. I love it. I like it. To, the, to the, thine own self be true, a Shakespeare <laughs> quote, correct? Yeah. Um, awesome. All right. Well, while we're signing us out, I actually add in really fast. Mm-hmm. I've been asked what my uh, outro means when I say there are no ordinary moments. So I wanted to kind Have of really? really fast. Someone said, yeah. hey, what does it mean? Like, what do you mean when you're saying that? You say it every time. Um, can and I what my, I'm, can I put my two cents in when you're done you with can. that? Yeah. Awesome. Um, but what I, what it is to me is if you guys have ever seen the book, the way of the peaceful warrior, it's one of, it's also made into a movie. by Dan Millman. Yeah. Dan Millman. One of my favorite things. I l- truly live by that now. And in one of these moments, he is struggling so bad and he doesn't believe in so many situations and he puts himself out there and he says that there are no ordinary moments. And I love, love, love that because it's changing that perspective of like everything happens this is this this is that yeah and it's no matter what it is there's never going to be something so ordinary so to set that scene in the movie and in the book dan who was a gymnast is talking to a mentor of his and the mentor wanted him to come meet him at a certain time at a certain location yeah and dan was like in a super big rush he's like i've got to get this done i've got to get that done yep and so he runs over to to his mentor and he's like, hey, can we get this done quick? I got to get back. I have all these things I want to do. And he remember his mentor's like, sure. Like, yeah. And he picks him up and throws him into the river. Yeah. And he's, he gets down and like, what the freak was that? Pissed. And he's like, he's, like, he's like, where were you? And he's like, what do you mean? I was being thrown into the river. He's like, no, where were you? He's like, as you were falling into the, into the river. Yeah, he's like, what were you thinking? What was he, he said, nothing. Uh, exactly. Right? Nothing. I was thinking... 
what is he doing? What's going on? Nothing, right? Yeah. And, and I remember his mentor said, you even had a word for it. It was, ah! Remember? <laughs> yeah. But he got out and he's like, what does that have to do with anything? And he said, Dan, look around. And he says, what? He's like, what do you see? He's like, I see nothing. And he's yeah. like, look closer. And then he like, it like remember, it like zoomed down. Yeah. And he sees And he people. started seeing everything. Yeah, he was standing wet on this bridge, but what was yeah. he seeing? He was seeing a dog running. He was seeing people playing with a frisbee. He was seeing conversations having. He was seeing people making eye contact. He was seeing everything around him, even though he was just in this park. And he wasn't looking at the details in the picture. He was looking at the big picture and wasn't really like focusing in on it. There's so much going on. It's like us sitting right now in the studio, right? There's, it might seem like there's nothing going on, but there's connection, there's emotion, there's, yeah, there's, there's, the, there's energy, the clock, there's, there's the recording, there's the lights, there's, there's the wind outside. And what, what his mentor says to him is, there's never nothing going on yeah. there. There are no ordinary moments, which is why I say that every time we do an outro, just so you guys, not only because we're talking about so crazy topics that you can apply into these not ordinary moments, um, but I use it because that's something that I live by all the time. So I wanted to tell that little story really fast and just so you guys know what I mean every time I'm signing out. Um, but anyways, check out our online store. Uh, we, If you guys need extra help outside of our podcast, we have one-on-one with Coach Blue every Wednesday at 6. And then we have um, we have our team meetings on Tuesdays. And yeah. yeah. And you can get a hold of us through our website, right? Yep, at addictathlete.org. Any family or, or anybody out there needs counseling, services, therapy, whatnot, you can find us online at addictathlete.org. Yeah? Yep. Anyways, like always, there are no ordinary moments. Athletes, Coach Blue Robinson here. I wanted to personally thank each of you for downloading, sharing, subscribing, and leaving us reviews for all of our podcasts and our YouTube videos. We'd like to extend the offer to you to join and become a member of the Patreon family. By becoming a Patreon subscriber, you're able to help Addict to Athlete as we move this team across the country and hopefully the world. The donations that you offer help increase our outreach and allow us a bigger platform to help expand our message to all those who are affected with drugs and alcohol. Team Addict Athlete has established five tiers of support, starting with the fan at $5 a month, the super fan at $10 a month, the rookie level at $25 a month, the pro level at $50 a month, and the championship level donor at $100 per month. Each tier has its specific perks that you're able to choose from, starting with bonus content, leading all the way up to advertising opportunities, and so on. By being a Patreon subscriber, you are qualified for all of our bonus content, exclusive deals, exclusive merchandise, and much more. It's super easy to become a Patreon subscriber and to donate to Team Added to Athletes so that we can continue to reach out and do more. We'd love for you to jump on our Patreon page, and you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash addict to athlete all one word and there you'll find the five tiers that i've just mentioned and be able to choose which one works best for you and your family we look forward to continue to grow our podcast as we've done and create a better more healthier sober life for all who we love <laughs>